0: I'm the doctor.
1: No, doctor. I'm the doctor, and I say that you're not fit.
0: You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say.
1: Welcome back to WD Magicast for the week of January 15th, 2023. This is episode two hundred and eleven, WD Magicast, the show about the mouse, the marvels, the galaxy, and beyond. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. In this week's episode, I sit down with Dave and Isaac and have a QA beginner's lesson about Doctor Who. Why Doctor Who? Because it will be coming to Disney Plus in November. And It's one of those shows that it's celebrating its 60th anniversary and a lot of people still aren't familiar with it. So I take this opportunity and will be taking these opportunities to help introduce and get people up to speed and understand the show a little bit and maybe, just maybe, give it a try. And speaking of Doctor Who, I did a survey on Twitter regarding what do you know about Doctor Who? The options being, been watching forever. I know the 2005 plus stuff. So when the show relaunched in 2005. So that stuff. Those episodes. Heard of it, but don't know it. Heard of, uh, let's see. And never heard of it is the final option. And the answers were relatively split. It was a um, almost a 50-50 split. It was a, a 40-60 split. Forty 40% percent of you have heard of it, but don't know don't know anything about it. And perfect. This is what uh, this is why we're doing these episodes. Sixty percent of you have been watching it forever. And great, awesome. So this may be these episodes may be a little bit of a refresher for you. Maybe you'll learn some stuff that you weren't familiar with. Um or you can always chime in, hey. You forgot to mention this. You forgot to mention that. Hey, you forgot to mention the Weeping Angels. Yes, I did. And you will find out about those another episode if you don't know who they are. And on that bombshell, we'll be back after these words from our friends and sponsors.
2: Hey, guys. for All Universe here. Are you into uh, nerdy things like Pokemon, Marvel, and Disney? You've come to the right spot. We have videos. We have games. We have contests. We just do all sorts of fun whether it's going live during the week or posting about an article about a new movie coming out. We do everything we can to keep you in the know and have some fun. Oh, and we have swag too. So come on, we're everywhere social media can be found and we want you to become part of our family. Stay nerdy.
1: And now on with the show. Disney has so many different things involved in it and tied up into it and connected to it. And I don't like to limit myself to just one specific area. So we talk about many different things of Disney or things that are involved with Disney. Uh, for instance, when I did Parallels, Disney did not create Parallels, but it created, it streamed it on Disney+. Plus. So therefore, there is a connection there. So I like keeping it in the connections. Just recently, Disney announced that they will be, starting in November, airing Doctor Who, a British show aired on the BBC, created by the BBC. And it will be celebrating its 60th anniversary. Now, if this was any other show, it would be okay when it comes out. We'll talk about it. But the significance of this show, being that... There isn't too many TV shows, particularly sci-fi shows, that have been around for 60 plus years continuously. More or less continuously. So I and it's something that personally I have been following for pretty much my entire life. Uh, so it besides Disney, this has been a passion of mine. So the fact that I get to talk about it now here on this platform, I think uh I will justify it. And not too many people know about it, or know, it may have heard of it, but don't really know anything about it. And since it's coming to Disney+, Plus and I personally wanted to do well, I figured, let me take the opportunity and start slowly introducing people to it. And two people that I want to start off introducing it to happen to be Dave and Isaac. And I gave them the challenge of coming up with questions of people that are not familiar with the show and asking me someone who has spent more than a lifetime watching understanding studying the show itself so dave isaac welcome back sorry i didn't come up with the crazy introduction for you guys but i figured we'll just say hi
2: (laughs) (laughs) wow i don't know i don't know how to respond to that that was just a normal intro Thank you for having me, Matthew. You're, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, guys. It's Happy New Year. Favorite... Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, man. It's your favorite uncle. Your uncle's back. I know he's been gone for a month. Uh, had to handle some things. But he's back now. So, you know, I'm here to jump on the podcast. And I'm going to be a lot buried more. buried
1: underneath some packages.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I just actually finally climbed out of a couple of uh, priorities and first class mail, but other than that, I'm here. I'm back um, until like I disappear for like another two months or so. So, yeah, what's up, guys? Tax Good. season. <laughs> yeah, great. So, welcome back, Isaac.
1: Sorry it's been so long, but glad you you could be back and join in on this one.
0: Yep.
1: Dave's been filling in in uh, the meantime. <laughs> I try. <laughs>
2: Big shoes to fill
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well To make a postal reference You both deliver well
2: Oh, Thank you That's so terrible (laughs) (laughs) And just like that we're back
1: on track (laughs) There, There we go And everything is right in the podcasting world Yes So Um Dave, I know you've, you've actually now started watching the show a little bit, the new, uh, the 2005 uh, forward uh, version of the show. So you do have a little bit of knowledge coming into this topic. Mm-hmm. Isaac, very,
2: very little, but yes.
1: What have you, do you know, besides maybe the title and me mentioning it a couple of times, do you I have any idea of it?
0: Um, So I know about the title, um, which is pretty big. And I know about the title and yeah that's and, and i know about the title so okay, uh, it's it's been no uh no no i, I know a little bit of dr Who. um I've, i'm actually a little familiar with dr Who. i've seen a little bit so yeah I'm not i'm not too i'm not too i'm not too much of a novice of the whovian nation but so i'm pretty good at it. all right all right so um
1: I guess since Isaac's been missing the longest and Dave has been here the most recent, we'll start off with Isaac with any questions that you may have that you want uh, to hit me with or hit me with your first
0: question. Yes. So uh for the fans out there, so exactly what is honestly like Doctor Who in general? Like what what's the whole premise of Doctor Who? Uh for in starters. So since you're the biggest Doctor Who fan, pretty much, what what what, what is the show about? Um I guess the
1: summit up in a few words and and this was the uh subtitle for a docu movie that they did for the 50th anniversary Mm. uh which i would say is a good i think probably a really good introduction to anyone who kind of wants to to kind of get a um to learn about the show without having to watch the show to kind of find out the history about it um it's called an adventure in space and time. So uh it, it is it is show that um you have a gentleman um you, you have oh well, gentleman now but um you have the uh the doctor who is uh the doctor basically he's a time traveler and not only just time he travels through time and space which he has a spaceship it looks like an old british police phone box um that's a whole nother history lesson right there but it's a a a box it's bigger on the inside than the outside in him and his companions travel through again time and space and they go on adventures they always of course You know, it's like any other show, wherever they go, something happens. They can't go somewhere and nothing happens. It's not Seinfeld. You know, it's not a show about nothing. It's about um, used to have a little more historic episodes in the past than it does currently. Uh, Usually now they either Earth is being invaded by some group um, or. uh, They are now either being attacked by somebody or someone's trying to take over Earth. And um where well, they end up on another planet in a similar type of situation or end up on a, a spaceship. Uh there is a few historical episodes that they they end up um again this was a lot earlier in the series where they would end up like with the Aztecs or in the Romans the, the burning of Rome. Um so, you'd have some episodes like that, but more and more so it's about either the creature of the the week um the monster of the week or you know bringing back some uh, of the good old bad guys that you know more frequent the show and their attack on either a space station, a planet, the earth, something along that line. Did that make sense one hundred percent made sense to me. <laughs> So like I said, in, in some adventure in space and time, that's that that's the uh, quick sum up of what Doctor Who is about.
2: Mm-hmm. okay, cool. So. Dave? So now with because I see that it ran uh, from 63 to 89, correct? And then it, yes. And then there was a pause. What was the like was it 16 years between 89 and 2005? So was the series done? At 89, like did they figure did they plan on another to continue it on? They just never pulled the trigger, or did they end it, end it at 89 and then they just rebooted it in 05?
1: Um, so that was a long time for us who, who like Doctor Who, uh, and kind of like in Star Trek, whatever the original series it, it was canceled in 89, just like it uh, was, was canceled, okay. Yes, uh, the BBC produces shows and the way that they keep things going and fresh is by creating new shows. Now from 63 to 89, that is a long period of time for a show to be running. So they, all right, you know, we, we need to cap this at some point. Um, they'd been cutting back the budget, cutting back to the budget, cutting back the budget. They cut the budget back so much, uh, in the, the late eighties that there, there was no more sets they were shooting everything on location with one or two cameras. Mm. So, you know, how do you reduce costs? You, okay. You eliminate the, the warehouse the having to build sets and stuff. And you just go and find locations and, and film there. So you, you go back to some of those last episodes in the eighties, which was the seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy. And it is, he's at this location. He's at this location. He's at this location in very little, if any sets are used. Um, so yeah, essentially the BBC said, okay, you know what? We're done with the show at that point. Um, and you know, the, what are the fans to do? They started writing books. They uh, The New Adventures of Doctor Who, there was a whole bunch of books that came out and that uh, continued the adventures of the story. A lot of fan fictions, a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm not mistaken Taken. Um, there's been a few that actually have now been issued into into tv uh into the new tv series um uh what's his name i think even penned several of them uh oh uh, neil gaiman um, I think even uh, I may be misspeaking, but I'm, I'm going to say Neil Gaiman, I think was involved in even writing some of them. Um, Cause he he's in the new uh, releases, the doctor who he's been involved in a few episodes, but um, yeah, so it, it was, it just lived through the books and then 97, 96, 97, uh, there was a collaboration between the BBC and Fox that they tried to launch a new version of Doctor Who so they created the uh Doctor Who American quote unquote American uh movie and it was made for TV movie it transitioned the 7th Doctor to the 8th Doctor and uh which was Paul, Paul McGann and He just didn't do enough to warrant a series. So, again, nothing happened until 2000 and I would say probably about 2004 when they announced that they're bringing Doctor Who back to the BBC uh, through their Wales production studio.
2: So the the eighth eighth Doctor only got one one movie and that was it.
1: That's it. Again, lived on through books and comic books. But that that (laughs) was about it
0: ouch yeah <laughs> that was the one. In, that was the night like that wasn't that like around the 90s i believe or
1: 1994 1995 yeah i remember yeah i that.
0: want to say it was like 96
1: um oh. but yeah that that was that that was a short-lived short-lived time and uh yeah let's find out exactly what the
0: Yeah, so I also do remember, um, until now, um, I I, I think I do remember, um, I think, what was it, the 50th anniversary uh, special? um, Yes. That they did do a short to kind of give more uh, contrast, um, to kind of do a follow-up of what happened to that specific doctor. Because, like you said, there was a different, there was such a time jump between the film and to the reboot with Christian Erickson around that time.
1: Uh, Chris uh, Chris Eccleston,
0: yes. Chris Eccleston, Eccleston
1: uh, apologies. Yes. Um. Yeah. He. Uh. There. A lot happened, and one of the things that they'd been working on in the more new series that I thought was really nice, and they they haven't aren't doing this anymore. And kind of like how Marvel did the one-offs, mm-hmm. uh, one-off stories for a while. Doctor Who was doing that. And especially around the 50th anniversary, they did a whole bunch of them to introduce, uh, at that point, what was a segment called the Time Wars. Mm -hmm. And what was happening on the, because the Doctor, whenever he comes out to be, um, wasn't initially introduced this way, but uh, as the show progressed, he became, um, he was an alien from another planet called Gallifrey, where they do time travel is a normal thing there. Uh, so there was this, this time war between his home planet and this other race called the Daleks. And so they, they did a bunch of little shorts to introduce the doctor's involvement in that. And also it was to correct some, uh, things that the producer, uh, Jonathan Nathan Turner, who, right. Jonathan, yeah. Um, yeah. The guy who brought back Doctor Who in 2005, some of the things that he wrote the fans weren't too happy about, but they already wrote him into that. So when he left and the next guy took over, uh, he's like, okay, we were going to fix some of this stuff and this is how we're going to go about it. So he wrote these little episodes to kind of fill in some of the gaps of uh, things that the audience didn't necessarily care for. And to be able to bring it back and bring kind of like reset the series without resetting the series, if that makes sense. Um, and pushing things back forward from there. So, yeah, Paul McGann did kind of get, he, he got a beginning and he got an end, and all, everything in between is either audiobook, uh, which they do through Big Finish, uh, comic books, or regular books. Yes.
0: Uh, yep. Very good Very very good Now for the, for the audience uh, For our listeners out there You did sit down to mention That the Doctor's rival um, Enemy is The Daleks I, I guess you mentioned that uh, Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about who the Daleks are Or what they are Alright the Daleks Showed up towards
1: the beginning Of the show um they would the initial run of the tv series so from 63 to 89 uh each story was broken down into parts so before between like four eight some of the some of them even go to like 12 parts but usually like you'd have a four-part series or or whatever to complete out a story um they were half hour episodes so the first uh, run of it and they used to have all different titles and since then they've kind of instead of having each each episode having its own title they gave it an overall story title uh, for instance the the very first episode is called an unearthly child now there were several episodes that uh the story ran after that of them going back seeing cave people and um that was the first adventure they now call that whole thing an earth, unearthly child instead of part one, part two, part three, part four however many parts it was and each giving it its own title and just making it confusing this is one group, that's that second one introduced the Daleks um, again it has several episodes um, but it's now known as um, the Daleks they became a very iconic creature um, in Doctor Who it keeps on uh, showing back up they um let me go into a little b b. c history here just to um make it seem even more interesting when a character or a creature is created for the b b c the person who creates it keeps the intellectual property. It's not like over here in the United States whenever you create a character for a company, the company owns that character, so let's just say Isaac, you sat around. You know let's go back sixty plus years and you created Superman and you sold you know you went to d c comics I have this character, and okay, they make comic books of it. you would still own Superman, not d c comics mm-hmm. this case, so over I me mean, over here in the United States, you sold it to d c they give you a chunk of money. you no longer own Superman, they own Superman. they will give rights to you and credit to you but in residuals, but you do not have creative control over that. Terry Nation created the Daleks um, and the BBC. Okay, we're going to put it in this show, Doctor Who, and um, so he he wrote this episode and is is a character that sh- has shown up many many times. It's a it's a fan favorite. They look like an upside down garbage can uh, with little posts coming out of it and light bulbs on the top of their heads. For the easiest way to describe them quickly, uh, they are. Yeah, that's one right there, Dave. <laughs> 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 um, the, the backstory on them is that they um, are on a planet called Skaro. And there was this giant nuclear war between the Thals and the Kalids. And you know it's just big civil war between them, nuclear war, all this radiation going on. And with radiation, things mutate. So a scientist by the name of Davros knew uh, foresaw this stuff happening that the you know the the Khaled race was going to be evolving into this jelly-like brain with tentacles and would need a way to survive. So he created this battle armor for them because they're more of a warrior race. A battle armor that they would be able to survive in and defeat their enemies. So the battle armor became the daleks which is the uh kaleds is Daleks spelled backwards that's that's how creative they got with that one uh (laughs) so yeah so they they created this it's like a little mobile tank with the lasers a little uh utility arm one eye post and two lights that flash when it talks and um so the the second story run of the show introduced the Daleks the the, uh, doctor and his companions ended up on Skaro not knowing where they are and they find the city they wander into this city and long behold they run into the Daleks and they have been battling each other ever since 1963 kind of in a long about nutshell okay um as the show has evolved the evolution of the daleks and the things that they could do have evolved at first they could only run on metal because they've got their power source through sag electricity they couldn't go upstairs um and that's all stuff that they've kind of worked around as the show has moved on through the years and okay they've found a way to move um on ground and not limited to just being on metal, because how terrorizing could be a creature be if it only could stay on metal?
2: Mm-hmm. So they're considered to be the main antagonist throughout the whole entire series, or no?
1: Um, they're one of one of the the time wars came about that it was a battle between the Daleks and the the Time Lords. Uh, the Daleks were invading uh, Gallifrey, the home planet of the Doctor, and that that was this whole whole big thing. And I won't spoil on how that all came um, finished out. Uh, but, you know, watch the, the 50th anniversary and they, uh, but they, yeah, they are one of the main bad guys. They're very iconic. Um, they have shown up in pop culture all around the world. Uh, the cartoons, um, the Simpsons, I think they showed up on the doctor. Doctor himself has shown up on, uh, the Simpsons a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Um, so it is. It's just weird, especially when he showed up in The Simpsons, it was even less known about than it is now. Um, but now it, it's become a little more into the mainstream. Uh, it still ebbs and flows depending on who the Doctor is in, in the writing. The But back then, um, when he showed up in The Simpsons, it, it, it was still, again, kind of more of a very unknown show that had been around forever. Uh, but yeah, the Daleks have shown up in a, a lot of different things or representations of them um i mean they're kind of like a star wars droid but Mm -hmm. much more menacing much more vicious and they they do have a organic uh brain to them Mm -hmm. and component so it's just yeah um yeah so yeah, they're they're one of the more main. There's not like one single bad guy that runs the the entire show. Um, you, you have the Daleks for a while, then you'll have like Cybermen, the Master.
2: Is it usually and, like like the the bad guy of the week? You know what I mean? Is that how a lot it's of times run? it's
1: the bad guy of the week? Yes. Okay. Bad guy, the monster of the week. Uh, so I mean, you you throughout the history of the show, you have you've had so many different ones. Um. You know, they, you've had the Black Guardian, who was yeah, you know, the you had the light side of the world, and you had the dark side of the world, and there was a battle between the balance between them, and the Doctor got involved in that. Uh, you've you've had Zygons, which is this orange creature that had suction cups all over it that can um, clone, make itself look like other people. Uh, you, you've had uh, oh goodness. <laughs> uh a lot of different ones uh giant space whales dinosaurs um napoleon mm-hmm. um rebel uh rebel time lords that he said face against uh the meddling monk um the the master like i said uh get the names of the one in war games but Again, uh, yeah, you sixty years. You you they they've come up with a lot of creative creative ones. Some right. more than others. So I so
2: I guess what to follow up on the sixty years, uh my question would be there's what, well over eight hundred episodes altogether of mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then there's the two breaks. Where would you suggest people to start from? Now, me, like I started in 05. I'm going to start at 05 because I don't know. I, I could go and get those because you told me where they're playing and stuff like that. But I don't know if I could watch something that was made back in 63. You know?
1: <laughs> to start so, then.
2: You know what I mean? Where would you suggest people to to start to watch it? Oh, and then a the follow-up question would be, if, I, if I'm watching from 05 out, am I missing anything relevant from the first
1: batch? Of doctors um i think the easiest way to answer that is if you you step on at any regeneration point is a good beginning point and you you've had 14 of those now um so that that usually is a good beginning point the if you're starting at 05 and going forward that works too um those shows are much more modern, much more faster paced than this stuff from 63 through 89. That was a lot more. They, they included more action as the show went on and, and technology to be able to do special effects became a lot more available to them. But it uh it was much more story based, uh, a lot more dialogue going on. Where the, the newer stuff, there is a little more action it is designed more for a more modern audience. Uh, you, if you're starting in 05, are you going to miss anything from the original run of the series that is important? Not per se, anything that you need to know, they will tell you or they will make reference to, um, some of the references you may not get without going back and watching the stuff. Uh, For instance, the opening of the 50th episode is these. um, the first couple seconds is a frame-for-frame shot um, redone of the opening of the original episode in 63. Mm. Uh, And there is a um, scrapyard or junkyard with the name I Am Foreman on it that pops up at that point again that's a reference all the way back there's a couple characters names that they make reference to uh that are come over it's more of a deep dive type of thing beyond that i think the new series generally makes a good point of informing you of what you need to know of anything from the past like when the the daleks do finally show up um they have eccleson kind of give you a a very brief background about them Mm-hmm. that having to go into too much and then as the show goes on and they those characters show up more and more often again you kind of start picking things up that being said i'm not saying that eventually don't go back and try and watch some of the old stuff if if you enjoy the new stuff um and you, you don't mind watching older television because some people don't like watching older television uh Feel free to go back and pick up some episodes and you start just learning more about the show and appreciating the show more that way. But are is it a requirement to No. in trying to go back to the original episode in 63 and watching every single episode forward uh, it is madness <laughs> and not actually even possible because not all the episodes um, have survived or mm-hmm. exist anymore.
2: I saw how many, like, it was well over 800 episodes, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> There's no way I'm getting through that.
1: <laughs> but again, um, the, the original run of the series, uh, episodes are only half an hour, where the new one, they're, they're approximately an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would get one story in two hours, but that's four episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Isaac, I think it's your turn now. Yeah, so uh,
0: so we also know about the, the Doctor. So, what why is why, I, you already told us about like, clearly the show but why, why was he given that title, the Doctor? Like, does that title have any significance? What, what's the reason about that? That is one of the great
1: "Quote unquote mysteries of the show," um, they 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 came up, uh, up with like a roundabout answer for around the fiftieth, but it is uh, that's just his name. That's that, it. I mean, that, The doctor. Yes, yeah, uh, he uh. he he refers to himself as the doctor. Um. So you know the, that's kind of the the kind of running gag with the sh- show titles like Doctor Who. Who is he? You know he, he's uh, in the Matt Smith area era. He liked to call himself a madman with a box. He is just this. Um, he's actually a. I don't want to say a renegade, but he is um, an expat from his his home world. He um did not like what was going on there so he ran away he stole his spaceship the TARDIS and with his granddaughter left I am done with you people I don't you know like how things are being run here so I am going to go and leave you um he just kind of this strange little little man who runs around or uh more recently a woman too but he uh, just again goes on these adventures. But he, there there is no answer to it. But they do, you know. occasionally like to make fun of the name. Um, he will say sometimes like you know, Doctor Smith or Doctor uh, the, the, um, John Hartnell, uh, the original Doctor came up one time. Oh, um, Doctor Smith, he came with like this gobbly look answer, and the person he was talking to said, "Doctor Who? Yes, exactly. Yes." So you know, they, they, they'll they make fun throughout uh, the series of the fact that, you know, his name is Doctor Who, but it's it's really just a doctor. Unlike the two movies that came out in the late 60s, where his name actually was Doctor Who. Um, So Doctor being his first name, Who being his last name uh starring Peter Crushing of if you you know people like Star Wars know him as Grand Moff Tarkin which was just a retelling of uh, a couple of the uh a couple of the movies a couple of the the series the first one being uh, a retelling of the Daleks episode and the second one being retelling of the Daleks invasion of Earth uh series
2: So with the, I'll bring up the, I guess the regeneration. Now I know from a, from a production standpoint, this is a way to keep the show fresh, keep it going with, with different lead actors in it. Mm -hmm. How does that tie in with the show though itself? Do they explain why it happens? Uh, you know does his host run out you know what i mean and then he has to find a new host does he actually pass away and gets reborn into somebody else like the, you know i don't know if you want to give spoilers away but is is that what we should expect from this
1: initially yes you're, you're right the um william sorry i called him john before william harnell um harnell was he was getting on an age and he wasn't able to he was getting sick. He wasn't able to carry on the role, and the show was still doing. It was doing pretty well at that point. So how do you replace the the main character? So they came up with this idea of the regeneration. Now, the explanation for it had changed a couple times before the the final uh, canon stuck. But first, it was just because the TARDIS, that he was in this their spaceship. Um, it was just it was had something to do with that then it turned on to something that his uh his race the the are able to do that when their body is worn out or injured it regenerates into a new body it's the same person but with a new body um and as in far as the doctor's case goes sometimes the mind is still adjusting to create the new body new personality, but again the same same character um so there's there's a transition period of rediscovery of self uh for the doctor whenever these things happen but yeah it is something that is their kind of their superpower that they are able to um regenerate or reform a new body to replace the the one that has been damaged uh worn out uh on the brink of death
2: a follow-up follow-up yeah. real, follow real quick to that would do the actors is there a certain mannerism that the doctor has that is followed through each different actor like will you pick up on something like that or is each new uh reincarnation different
1: each one is different per se. Um, they generally, each actor is usually given liberty to take the character in their own direction. I would say one thing that does kind of follow through the Doctor's characters, um, if you you kind of watch closely, is a slight sense of arrogance. Um, he or she um being this character that's able to travel through time and space and has seen so much of everything has kind of this over knowledge of stuff and does c- sometimes look down on non uh experienced characters so you know humans are some of my favorite creatures I don't know why, but you fascinate me. Yeah, you know, that, that's a you know line from the the fourth doctor. Um, and you know they are just kind of like you know simple minds like yourself just don't realize the complexity of this and that. So th- a slight sense of entitled arrogance um, does does travel throughout, and you you kind of can pick up moments from each one. But th- so many people have written and starred in and involved in it that each rendition of the doctor um is different but yeah there, there's a little bit of a and i'm not saying like it's a bad thing like there, like some of the bad guys you know like thanos was arrogant in his ways of mm-hmm. thinking this is going to cure stuff it's, it's a different type of um arrogance it's like dealing with if you're talking to a super genius um like sherlock holmes mm-hmm. sherlock holmes is arrogant mm-hmm. right but he's the good guy and he's there's a logic behind his arrogance because of how smart he is and the doctor's not far off from that
2: gotcha gotcha
0: okay isaac nice. yeah no so in in terms of other within the whole generation process um, What's the whole TARDIS situation? So basically, w- explain why the TARDIS is a, I guess, a, a police box. I, I, is that correct? Right? It's it's a police mm-hmm. box that he travels in. Mm-hmm. Explain yeah. more detail of what what that is. So
1: the <clears throat> the the concept of the TARDIS, um, which is actually an acronym, it's time and relative dimensions and space, is a. In its pure form, a capsule looking thing, basically a, a cylinder with a door. And it, like I said, it's a spaceship that travels through time and space and can kind of go anywhere. The when they designed it, the, these uh, aliens. Well, you know, this if we're traveling in space and you have a, this, you know, futuristic spaceship landing in some you know primitive area or less of uh involved species you know th- they're going to know that's a spaceship and you know it's going to cause problems and whatnot so we created this thing called and, and this is the term that they use in the show a chameleon circuit so it can disguise itself to fit into its environment now the the tardis that the doctor has is you know, whenever you're going to go steal something, you got to steal the one that's going to be easier to use. So he, he he didn't steal the newest and brightest shiny model. He actually stole an outdated one. Outdated TARDIS. And, you know, not, you know, it's outdated. It's like a used vehicle. It was lying around. And not necessarily everything worked well. And the communion circuit of the TARDIS that he stole is broken. <laughs> So when he landed on Earth, it disguised itself as a police box. Now, with the broken command circuit, it hasn't been able to change back and th- there's been times throughout the show that he's tried to fix the command circuit and it worked for a brief period of time and then would break again. Um, so it, that that's yeah it, it, it's a, a broken piece of the <laughs> computer that runs the the ship um that decides what the shape the vehicle will look in and his doesn't work
2: <laughs> so is it kind of like a running gag throughout the show kind of yes. like how like the the millennium falcon you know, the hyperspace isn't working so yeah you know what i mean Yeah,
0: <laughs> just it,
1: it, it's a fun little character flaw to to add to the to the show um so you know you have this blue, bo- but it's also become iconic where you you know you you recognize the TARDIS because it's this blue box um, that just shows up in random places that you should not have a blue box uh, appearing in. Um, of course, throughout the years they've changed the models, uh, so the the how the blue box looks has changed over the the 60 years. It's it's not always looked exactly the same, uh, especially around the 50th anniversary whenever they switched from. Um, high de- definition to 4K, so they they um, updated it some more, so that way it looked better in 4K than it did in the the previous versions. And then again, from 63, you you, you know things evolve, um, people build new sets and and whatnot, so it, it's always changing, always forming. Um, the inside control room where the Tardis, is, where the Doctor runs the Tardis, has changed throughout the years as well. Uh, the TARDIS is also got, um, it is bigger on the inside than the outside. So on the outside, it looks like this police box, or for American listeners, a phone booth, hence Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted stole that idea. <laughs> uh, so it's like, well, how do you fit everyone in it? Well, simple. The inside is is much larger. So you have the control room, and then you have many corridors and other rooms off that, you know, they got libraries and swimming pools and medical wards and bedrooms and libraries and, and and kitchens and whatnot, all all throughout the ship. You know, it's this giant, massive spaceship, but in a tiny little package. Um, so that that's always changed. Uh, the, at one point in one of the shorts that they did, uh, they referred to it in a in new version for for people to understand that the changing of the control room is the desktop theme. So, you know, the, the, you can change the desktop theme so it, it looks different. Um, you know, you, you spend time, you refurbish your house, you change the room around, uh, you hang Star Wars stuff on your back wall. Right <laughs> uh, the, that's right. So that's, you know, the doctors, you know, you spending all this time in this ship. Oh, let's change this around. Let's change that around. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's what he does. Um, and yeah, you know, that that goes down to the showrunner. That okay, let's let's revamp it, give it a new, fresh coat of paint, and make it look uh, snazzy, and more futuristic. Change throughout the years, but um, yeah. So the hardest is is spaceship um, that travels through time and space. It uses the power of a imploding star, um, you know, basically a black hole. Or supernova control contained inside the Eye of Harmony, and that's what um, powers the TARDIS, super powerful vehicle uh, that can, that can again travel through time and space, all across the universe, different galaxies. Um, it's been to anti-gravity, uh, anti-universes, and a lot of fun places, <laughs> and considered relatively indestructible.
2: Okay then. So all right. So I'm starting on I started with the ninth Doctor, two thousand five yes. season. Um he met a character, uh Rose, uh, in that. So willingly or not, she was hesitant to go with him. She goes with him on a couple of ventures that I've seen so far. Is that a common theme throughout? Each uh, season that he has, either a human—is it always a human that he partners up with? Does he team up with aliens, you know, or is it, 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 that basically it's Doctor Who and my partner go on adventures throughout time and history?
1: Yes. Um, for the longest time, they were referred to as his companions. Mm-hmm. Um, and as that's changed in the lexicon of humanity, they they kind of watered that term down um and they again they at one point in the more recent shows they do make fun of that uh but originally they they were called his companions um yeah it started off it was it was him and his granddaughter escape escaping from their their home planet um and two of her school teachers unwillingly um well willingly followed her because they didn't understand her because she was extremely bright things that they were teaching she knew more than they did and didn't understand it so and you know who's this strange little girl so they followed her and they they got into the TARDIS and through one thing or happening they unwillingly set the TARDIS in motion and it it went back to the caveman days and that became the, the, the adventure of the show and those companions and throughout the years uh companions leave and new ones come on. Are they always human? No. Mm-hmm. Uh he has had people from other planets. I mean, they're always human form more or less. So they're humanoid. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but they are they necessarily from Earth? No. A lot most of them have been from Earth. Uh one because of just the show is filmed here on earth it, 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 you know of course it's you know where else yeah, right. it so a lot of adventures happen here on earth that that you know goes without saying
2: right but that's that sounds cool though i i would you know if they mix it up his uh his companion yeah. to be a non-human you know there's I mean? been that would be interesting. yeah
1: there, there's been other uh he's never had a dalek per se as a companion um he he's had robotic dogs um that was a biggest one big one for a while uh with the fourth doctor called canine um who does make a reappearance in the 2005 series they did try a relaunch of a canine tv series that didn't go off so well but uh yeah you have you have canine uh a robotic dog You had another one called chameleon who was a, a robot that could change his his shape and look like people um you've had another you had romana who was a a time lord herself that would uh who traveled along um leela who was a uh savage from another planet that would travel with him um adric who was from another universe per se um who ended up, you know, he snuck on and stowed away and became part of the adventure for a time period. Most of the new ones have all been human. Um, Earth human. Yeah. So I, I can't think of a... Well, you've had a couple that um, have traveled briefly with them that have not been, but... The the main ones that have Spent like a season or so with them uh, Have been uh, Have all been from Earth
0: Okay Interesting Now in terms of what the Doctor I know the Doctor uh, I I know you mentioned the dialects earlier um, In in, in his podcast Does Doctor have any other uh, Enemies and rivals That he tends to contend with As the series Moves forward oh yes oh yes
1: indeed um think like i mentioned before the the master who is a, a renegade time lord who uh wants to kind of instead of help people you know do everything for himself and uh wants complete power and control you know i am this superior being so therefore i should be going around and controlling everything and um causing chaos and mayhem um the backstory to him he and the doctor used to be in what they lovingly refer to as the academy um the school system on the uh on gallifrey together so they they actually knew each other um to what extent i've heard rumors that they they were brothers uh, or that they were just classmates or good friends uh, and the doctor and the master went the way of evil, and the the doctor went the way of trying to help people most of the time. Um, so you, you have the master. Um, he started with the third doctor and's been showing up pretty much ever since. You have uh, the Cybermen, who are giant um, androids that used to be humanoid. Uh, they're from a planet called Mondas that was a alternate version of earth that to as they were getting older and sicker they started replacing their worn out parts with robotic parts and ended up just being um, emotionless robots and of course like most emotionless robots just um, are focused on dominating other worlds and you know eliminating the inferior uh living creatures, organic creatures. So you have the Cybermen. Um those are really the main three again with the Daleks that you see time and time and time again. Uh, you've had other ones more recently, the, the the new run uh show up. Uh you have the the Ice Warriors, the Ceruleans that are uh, lizard creatures that used to live, uh, the ice warriors are from Mars, they were a warrior race from Mars that, again, because they, they, you know, Mars isn't so good anymore, they wanted to take over other places and ended up on Earth um, frozen in ice, hence the name Ice Warriors, and when they got out, tried to dominate Earth. Ceruleans are the original reptilian race of the Earth, they've lived underground, and now don't like what the uh, mammal ape men have been doing to the planet and trying to take their planet back um so they've showed up a few times um try to think any other baddies that show up more often not off the top of my head beyond that mostly it's the the monster of the week you know a few show up a couple of times here and there but uh generally the it's it's those uh those main three or five if you include the ice warriors and the ceruleans
2: i have i got a follow-up i guess it's a follow-up question to the doctor regeneration stuff yeah um it would it would appear that they're all different actors except for one uh looks like david tenet had two runs at the doctor is that accurate?
1: That's getting into spoiler details.
2: Oh, is it? Okay.
1: Yes, because that Cause has I... to do with the that has to do with the 60th anniversary um which I you know, obviously haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Uh but um yeah, that 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 is something he he was he had his run in uh 2000s Six
2: through oh so they're bringing him back okay now i see it so he's yep. coming back for an
1: upcoming one
2: okay yes All right. now i get it okay
1: yes and my... how and why that's happened no one except for the writers right. really no
2: okay because i saw that because then my follow-up question to that would have been does he does he act the same but you wouldn't know because it hasn't come out yet because i'm wondering if he if he's the same like hello i'm back you know what i mean
1: <laughs> no it, it was a matter of what happened and kind of cutscene. okay
2: okay never mind that's all i I have a follow-up
1: on now because i saw no, him twice fine. and i'm I, like no, it's a decent question yeah
0: <laughs> no, no one i, I mean... can't
1: answer at the moment because no one knows nobody knows yet okay get back to me in
0: november <laughs> you got it yeah so yeah uh i mean again doc so Originally, uh, the the show uh, started out more as a kids uh, television show for the under the BBC name. And so, uh, how did it went from being an educational program to this like Goliath culture show that we see uh, today? I I would say,
1: like many shows, they you know they start off as one thing and they evolve to other things um like think of a lot of the the sitcoms on tv shows start off as a heavy heavy comedy and then as their run continues um the comedy aspect generally gets watered down and the the storylines take over Mm. uh like Frasier and mash and all those um comedy still is a baseline but it's it's not as a present of a a thing so Doctor Who's uh, started off as a kids program to do a little educating or just you know involving of more more just a kid's show, not so much the educational part. Um they they would throw some historical figures in there for I guess, you know, and kind of learn about them or get some interest going. But yeah, it started off as a kid, you know, family friendly show, and as the show Ran on and ran on, and your audience starts getting older and older as well. You don't want to lose the audience that you had, so you start just expanding on the the idea. It, in all intents and purposes, it's still a family friendly show. Do they sometimes step on some more modern topics or modern uh, um, awareness? Uh, yes. But it is um, depending on political views. We'll put it this way: uh, you, you get some of that type of stuff in there. But it, it in in it, its purest form, taking politics out of it, it is still more of a it is still a family friendly show. You're not going to have uh, let's call them bedroom scenes. Um, in the show, you're not having stuff like the yeah, quote unquote bedroom scenes. Uh, you're not having yeah, you know, not, not not
0: safe for work. Let's, yeah. Let's just <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Mature stuff like that. right. Themes. I mean, you, you, you get know. some
1: kissing every so often. Yeah, but that that's really the extent of things. Now, not to say that sometimes things aren't inferred at times um as i have pointed about the actor matt smith who portrayed the doctor for a while and just beyond just his watching other things that he has done matt smith likes to be naked and he does like to run around naked you see him in the crown he's naked and um doctor who there was a few points not that you see anything everything is you know from the waist up or you just see like his legs um so I mean that but that's the extent of it. And it's it's done in a colorful, fun fashion. Um depending on again your personal views and stuff. Uh but it's really it, it's kids would get a kick out of it. Adults kind of get the reference of maybe what he you know was doing in certain aspects. Um you know, there was one episode he was uh he was in a castle, like a Victorian age castle, and this uh, lord comes banging in with his soldiers and breaks down the door of his his daughter's room, going, "Where is he?" And she she's standing there in this giant ball gown. I don't know what you mean. And then I guess he Matt Smith sneezes, and he's hiding under the dress, and he again he is um, in his birthday suit underneath. This, <laughs> um uh, um woman's dress. So but that is ex- that's the extreme extent of it. Mm-hmm. Um you, you do get again references to uh cultures in the future and how things have evolved or changed um when they introduced the captain uh, character Captain Jack uh who is from the far far future of the earth uh from a point that the humanity now will have relationships with not just humans, but anything and everything—dogs, cats, lizards, aliens, whatnot—that's how you keep the race going, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's—it's it, you never, if anything, is usually um, verbal, text, uh, spoken word, um, explaining situations of how things are versus you know you're not getting a visualization. Um, and you know, in conversation points, or it just goes over a lot of kids' heads, and it's more for the adults.
0: Yeah,
2: some you cartoons know. and stuff like that are like that too, where it's geared for the the, the adults who get it, but the kids goes right over their heads. Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: Well, you know, and you know, it's a, it's well, you know, you always have to make sure that the adults are just as entertained as the kids. Exactly. Yep. Right. So, so the, would... the writers will go out of the way to make. Adult, a uh, more mature, you know, lines that way it keeps the the, the parents entertained. Mm-hmm. Right, in you, in you windows. Keep, yeah, yes, I wouldn't say,
1: order. you know, currently at the moment is necessary for the youngest of audiences. It's you know, it's definitely no. not like a five year old is going to sit down and watch this. Um, but a tween, teenager, twenties. Um my, my eight year old watches it and enjoys it, so it's that kind of age range um and then in, onward from there um mm-hmm. that is is more for where this the show is is geared mm-hmm. um but there there's stories of years ago with the original series when the show first started that sometimes this show was maybe too scary. Now, if we go back and watch them now, we're going to say this is nothing scary at all. Remember, Friday the 13th, Halloween, horror movies, slasher films weren't necessarily the thing that they are now. Uh, And what was shown on TV is not what's shown now. Mm. So, some of these creatures that they would come up, you know, guys in rubber suits and stuff, back then was a new thing, and you know, there's stories of kids hiding behind the couches or uh, having to turn the TV off on because they're or having nightmares because of what they saw in Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah, you know, which seems funny now, but we're talking 1963. Yeah, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot has changed, particularly with what we have perceived or being shown on television from then till now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so, um. Yeah,
2: so I would. Uh, we've all seen time traveling shows, movies, blah blah blah. The main thing would be to not mess with the space time continuum. <laughs> now, I've texted you about this, you know, uh-huh. for the first three that I saw, but I, I want you to elaborate a little bit more than just like the couple words you said on the on the text. Is that do they buck that system and say, "Nope, we we don't care who we run into. We're going to screw with the timeline because every show you see, don't mess with that space time continuum. You're going to blow up the whole entire existence." <laughs> like, how does the, how is that handled throughout this the series?
1: All right. Do um, you want the simple answer or do you want the slightly more elaborated answer?
2: <laughs> Whichever you feel like dropping.
1: <laughs> All right. Depends on the writer. We'll we'll start off with that. It depends on the writer of that particular episode. Um, A lot of times how it is is that if you take the historical context, the the event itself and then the end result, the end result a lot of times ends up being the historical correct event. Okay, and that the doctor ends up getting involved in it uh, case in point, he was captured by the Romans at one point. guys who know nothing about technology and anything going on, and he's doing his best to you know to, to keep things under under wraps and whatnot but yeah he, he's battling the Romans and he gets uh, captured by Caesar and he's, he's dealing with Caesar and um, you know here's the guy from the future and trying to figure out you know trying to avoid stuff. He's holding his glasses behind him. The rays of his glasses are held in such a manner by accident, catches the rays of the sun. And while Caesar's trying to figure out what to do with Rome, his plans catch fire. <laughs> what did Caesar do to Rome? Burned it down, right? Yeah, he burned it down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> another similar instance in france uh i think it was france or london at something where uh the tardis was in a um a warehouse the tardis uh something happens where the warehouse ends up catching on fire again was another historical event uh as far as non-actual historical events for the, the doctors involved where you're talking about say another planet and trying to mess with timelines and whatnot that he, um, no, he, 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 the only real rule that they, they, um, try to adhere to throughout the show is that he doesn't run into himself. So you can't cross your own timeline. Right. And then from there, uh, everything goes. And even that, that's, it's a rule, but as all we you know, all rules are meant to be broken. Has that happen on the rare occasion, usually special events uh anniversary episodes or special event episodes that has that happen and i think as far as the show goes i can think of three four five times in the six years that that has happened um so this is a rare occasion that and usually overseen by the the higher powers so that's the one rule that you do not interfere with yourself. Do not, you know. Again, that's you know, something that you see in a lot of time shows. You know, time shows like, oh, don't run into yourself. You can't see yourself. Back to the Future, Back to the and, Future, yeah. Uh, Avengers and, so and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of their main rule with it. Other than that, um, it's there was one point in this shows history that the doctor went back to the beginning of the Daleks and he had the opportunity to stop the Daleks from existing. And he took pause and thought about it. It's like, I I have this. Do I have the right to wipe out this entire race? Yes, they are an evil, dominant, murderous, uh, destructive race that has caused wars and death and um horrors all across the the known universe and galaxies but from that alliances and technologies and um other events have happened that have caused throughout you know the because of this bad event all these other good events have come from so who am i to take that away you know if i stop this these other things don't happen either right right uh so he chooses a spoiler and he chooses not to destroy them
0: mm-hmm.
1: the um so he 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 does think about the course of his actions uh, but like i said a lot of times history ends up the way it's supposed to be because of what he he has done, which is a smart way of writing,
2: you know what I'm saying exactly
1: exactly yeah
2: yeah
1: it's a um try to think of some of the the other type of situations, but yeah he 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 ends up in an um oh the whenever he he ends up with uh van Gogh um that that was another really fun uh historical event, and again, things happen uh because of him. Not despite of he didn't change things, it happened because he was there. Because he was
2: there, right? Okay, I get it. That that's that's smart. I like that.
0: It plays around with the hist- uh with the uh, timeline, um, and fun, sometimes fun in goofy ways, and sometimes heartfelt in uh, emotional, uh, tear-joking ways as well.
1: So, yeah, like the the Van Gogh episode, um, which was a. Which is a Matt Smith episode, so you will eventually get to that, Dave, if, if you continue forward. Yeah, well, is um, it's a it's a fun and very interesting episode. There's this this giant monster, um, with uh, that that's. Going through this this little French village or wherever the, wherever Van Gogh is, I apologize, I don't remember the exact spot. And he's do, he's doing his paintings, and but because of how Van Gogh sees things, he is the only one that could see this creature. And suppose he's in some of the paintings. We know what happens to Van Gogh eventually.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you you get to spend time with this character and just how wonderful this person was. And they, they give you the historical context of people don't like him, which we know to be true. People Mm. didn't care for Van Gogh thought his paintings were weird and strange. Um, Bill Nye, who uh, people from pirates who know pirates of the Caribbean, he uh, portrayed um, uh, Davy Jones. In the pirates of the Caribbean movies he is actually in that episode as well and so they you know from the current time the doctor and his companion are, are in a museum and they want to learn about him so the doctor takes them back you you run into van gogh and then at the end of the episode the companion is made aware of the the situation they go back to try and stop what happens to Van Gogh, but it is too late. He's already gone. And it's just that kind of emotional hit, especially you as the, the the viewer get so caught up and you enjoy this character so much. And then the historical truth happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it does kind of hit you at that point. Um, There's been some other times that occasionally a companion may, may die. And it, it, it's done in such a way I'll have to show you one of those episodes, Dave, that it's done in such a way that it it does have a hit because it's not a show that that typically happens. The doctor's always meant to win, but there's sometimes you don't. Or what has it cost you to win?
2: Yeah. So every now and then it smacks you in the face with a little bit of seriousness. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. It's it's
1: not always, you know, roses and, and celebrations at the end. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Again, that's absolutely. that's a that's a part of good writing, man. You know what I mean?
1: Oh absolutely. And it just keeps you connected
0: to the show. Oh one hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's uh, you have to keep the show fresh. Especially yeah. uh what's the long tenured history it's had? I mean, yeah, you you're talking
1: about something running for sixty years. I and mean, besides news programs and maybe the odd soap opera. Mm-hmm. You know, Star Trek hasn't been around that long. Star Wars definitely hasn't been around that long. Um, Mickey Mouse has.
2: I thought the Simpsons had a long run. (laughs) When you told me, like, because I knew Doctor Who was around for a while. I didn't realize from 63. I was like, wow. Okay, then.
1: Here's the interesting thing. And again, more of the history about the show. Um, The show's original showrunner. Uh, producer of the show was a woman. Sixty-three it, for those people familiar with history, in 1963. That was relatively unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was given this show to to head up and and take care of. And, um, and again, if you go back and um, Doctor Who: Adventures in Space and Time is a, is a wonderful again little um uh, docu movie that they did um the guy who plays filch in the harry potter movies portrays william hartnell in it and he does a fabulous job he actually did such a great job that they brought him into the tv show proper um to portray that character again um, and it gives you how this show started off and with everything that happened to this show it should have failed immediately so there was questions of what is the show and what is it all about, and if it wasn't for the the constitution of the the people who were making it that made it succeed. Um, so a lot of trouble going into the show whenever they they start off and making the show. So they finally shoot the episodes, they get the thing to air. The first episode airs on the BBC. Again, Unearthly Child, Episode One, premiering the show on November twenty third, nineteen sixty-three. Do either of you know the significance of that date? No, Neither of I... us are none of us are old enough to really know, but if no. you are over the age of quick math in my head, over sixty. If you're definitely in your seventies and eighties, you would absolutely know that the date. Because November 22nd, 1963, was the day JFK was assassinated. Ooh. Yes. Do you think anybody was watching anything Doctor besides Who? the news at that time? Yeah, exactly. You're premiering a brand new show, Kid Show, the next day after his death. And remember, they are five hours ahead of us here in, in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So. The ratings for the initial several episodes were garbage. They were ready to can the show at that point. Verde, um, the, the producer of the show, begged the heads of the BBC office, I I have one more story. Give me a, the next run of episodes. And, you know, this happened, this happened. Please just give us another try. They re-aired the episodes. They did better. So they gave her the next run of stories to do, which is the Dalek stories. Those did fantastic. And
2: and the rest is history.
1: Exactly. <laughs> How
2: was it perceived in the States?
1: No one knew of it. It didn't reach the United States until the 80s when the PBS picked it up. Yeah, because now, when
2: I think of Doctor Who, I think of PBS.
1: Yes, and and that's exactly how we in the States started to get it. We didn't get it in the 60s. We didn't get it in the 70s. Some people may, through either family members or or whatnot, um, were able to see it. Even when VHS was starting to come about, you couldn't, because you didn't record shows back then, per se, um, you can watch it because they used a very different... They did use uh, the PAL system versus the VHS system over here. So there's no way for us in the United States to really see this show. Um, PBS in the United States picked it up and started running it late nights on Saturday nights. And it it started taking off here where you had some conventions and stuff. I mean, it, it even started making into the show itself. There was a line from Tom Baker um whenever he was on this uh which one was it a horror at um it rock i think it is where he's at a lighthouse and weird things are happening at the lighthouse and they he has canine the robotic dog and the the curator of the lighthouse what is that it's oh it's a robotic dog they're all the rage in trenton new jersey Mm -hmm. new jersey is mentioned in doctor who um nice. which is right around whenever pbs started bringing it in it's it's um maybe uh but it, it's yeah it, it was it was around that time so it you know for it to become popular in the united states it took a while because again it's it's late nights nine ten o'clock on saturday night on pbs yeah uh so a bunch of like that's where college kids and high school kids started watching it. And that's how I got into it, because someone mentioned it to my brother in high school. And he came home, he started watching it and he showed my sister and I it and we started watching it. It was so it was something the three of us would, you know, make popcorn and stay up late Saturday night watching that.
2: Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's it's funny because that's how like how much different things are now as far as um availability of shows. Yep. From back then till now, because in my brain, I automatically thought, why didn't we have access to that back in 63? I was like, well, because
1: there there was there was absolutely no way (laughs) now because they would send it to other countries, but usually British territories where the BBC had, you know, input into the um, stuff like Australia or India, um, Hong Kong. So they would send reels of the because these were on film. They would send the reels of the film to these areas. Now, here's where, before where I mentioned, you cannot watch every episode of Doctor Who because particularly in the, the earlier stuff, so the first and second Doctor, Patrick and William Harno, a lot of the episodes, to save money, because they were shot on film, film is expensive because it's made of silver, they would wipe the film and shoot over it again. Wow. So, because it was one and done. They didn't have reruns back then. You showed an episode, you moved on to the next one. You didn't go back. So, they would wipe the film and go forward. Through many, many years, a lot of these episodes considered completely lost. Either the film degraded, they were wiped over, um, they just don't exist anymore. Mm. Within recent history, so starting in like the 90s, some of these episodes cans of them would be found in vaults or at people's houses that recorded had the ingenuity to record them off of tv onto like an eight millimeter film somehow
0: that's no, big
1: yeah so they were able to figure they were able they started finding a lot of these lost episodes but again the story would be four five six episodes they would only find one or two of them what they also used to do was they recorded the audio on set. So some a lot of that audio would still survives as well. And what they've done even more recently is they started animating off of production photos because, again, you would take photos on the set. So that way, whenever you're taking different shots um, or coming back another day, you would know, okay, this is how this person was dressed, where they were standing, what was happening. Or you show the producers what's going on. You have the audio track, so a lot of the audio tracks still survive, and um, they would animate out what happened. So you'd still, you now are getting a lot of these episodes that didn't exist since their initial showing in '63, '64, '65 are now coming out on Blu-ray and DVD, um, digital copies, um, and having another life. So I've been able to go back and watch episodes that until this year last year no one has ever seen it mm. except for the people who watched it that first time
0: yeah interesting wow. very interesting that's good and it's actually nice to be able to preserve something that was from like I like said the earlier the early editions of uh dr who you know and now um were they able to uh make these available to the public where um, fans can finally have an opportunity to watch granted you know the quality wasn't great but um did b b c ever made an attempt to release this to the public to for fans to take news um like the the original original films the lost i guess you could say the lost episodes yeah they they have
1: um there was a couple of times before they started doing the animated stuff that okay, we have this many episodes of it um they would either they would release the ones that they have and then have a narrator talk about what happens on the missing episodes if they had the audio track they would just play the audio and put the stills up because you know uh, individual photos are easier to come by Mm -hmm. um and now like i said more recently they've, they've been um animating them and and producing them that way which to me is absolutely fantastic. And uh, they've even got as far as with the animated stuff, you could watch in color or in the original black and white. That's that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. That's cool.
2: Hmm.
0: Well, that's a lot. Uh, I I think that's a, a lot that was covered with the with the Doctor Who series. A a a, a ton of stuff. I mean. Uh, a lot of bare, a lot of bare, bare grounded stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, and my plan is, and I mentioned to you guys, and, I, and let me put it out there now for everyone, is that leading up to the uh, the 60th anniversary in November, I would like to do something at least once a month um, to introduce the show and, and incorporate the uh, Doctor Who into the Disney universe. I mean, is it something we're going to see in theme parks probably not but it is going to be on Disney plus um and again obviously something that I'm passionate about so I'd like to help introduce uh the listeners to to the show and um you know have some other people on um in discussions about the show as we lead up to 60th which again historically on a tv and is quite the uh, quite the achievement I
0: mm-hmm, agree It's absolutely.
1: Absolutely. a big achievement
2: if if I may, I got one last quick question for you. Yes. So from as far as the monster of the day deals or or the species that they have throughout the show, has there obviously technology has changed? So if if an original monster came out in the like 60s and then they bring them back for let's say 2015, do they modernize them or did they keep them as the same cheesy you know 60s uh, uh, technology that they have?
1: they've updated them they they try to stay true to the original but they they have updated into more of a uh visually pleasing creature okay all right As I mean
0: you, the the I mean as much as visual pleasing as you can get. You but can I guess. exactly with the slimy green. Something <laughs> yeah. Right. But no, but like you said, they kept the, the the original essence of the creatures back when they were originally created. So right. if you
1: look at the ceruleans from the seventies, you look at the ceruleans from two thousand and fifteen, yeah. uh they look s you, you would recognize that they're the same thing. Obviously better makeup. Yeah.
2: Right, yeah, that was my last little, you know, curiosity yeah. of of because uh, again, we're gra- we're going over a long period of time. Obviously, technology gets better. You know, did they digitally animate them or did they use them, leave them as like the the traditional makeup and masks and stuff? You know what I mean?
1: Sometimes a hybrid between the two. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on, on my my little uh, wild idea here. Um, thank you for coming up with the questions and during my my. Ranting and nerdy uh, nerdy no, nah, nah. we
2: uh-huh. get it i had I had a good time thanks for uh you know having us and uh hey i I look forward to more discussions on this. believe it or not
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent'm no, I, I, no, glad no. I don't know why I thought you were going to say midlife crisis, but no it was I thought that's where he was going segment. to <laughs> uh, no, but no, no, I think this is fun. I think this is a fun segment that's being introduced here on the podcast for people that really want to get into doctor Who and really want to get into more depth and who a better person than Matt to be able to share that with our audience. So yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be talking more soon about many things. Thank you again for Isaac and Dave joining me in this little session, Q&A session, and um, I hope you learned something. Let us know. Join the conversation on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash WDMagicast. On Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, we are at WDMagicast. Make sure also check out our YouTube channel where you find audio versions of the podcast and some other surprises that I have posted along the way on there as well. That's at WDMagicast as well. You can leave us a voice message through the Anchor app or Anchor.fm website. Be heard on the show. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, respond to the questions. You know, Give us your input. We would love to hear and have you on the show. Please. I, I will definitely have you on as long as it's appropriate. Uh, so send us a voice message through, again, the Anchor.fm website or Anchor app or record your message electronically through your computer, your smartphone, or tablet and email it to email at wdmagicast.com You can also email us any questions or suggestions you may have to that address as well or hit us up on the social media network, send us a message we will get back to you absolutely Links to all these are in the show notes and on our website which is www.wdmagicast.com. I want to thank you for your time. I know how little time we all have these days, and the fact that we get to spend some time together really means a lot to me, to us over here at the WD Magicast team. Uh, we cannot thank you enough. Please, please, really help us out. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to uh, Spotify, leave us a rating or review. We have all five star reviews at the moment. And um, keep them coming. Uh, I mean, we, we truly feel blessed. And uh, it, it, it really it doesn't go unnoticed that we have gotten that kind of feedback and response. And I know it sounds selfish that we keep asking for more. But the more that we get, the more those pod uh, chasers will promote our show for free. Just all, all you have to do is give us a review and they'll keep on, they'll promote the show and you'll pop up in the searches and say, you know, tell people about the podcast. Or also you can, you post a link, post a link to the episodes on your, your social networks and let people know about the show. Walt believed in a big Disney family and so do I. Um, the more people that listen to the show, the better it will be. Don't forget to subscribe to the show while you're at it. This way you always know when new episodes are posted. And while you're at it, consider become a premium subscriber. Really help the show out. Really keep the lights on. Um, you can do this over at anchor.fm slash slash support or find our Patreon page. And it will truly help boost the, boost the show and we'll be able to do a few more things uh, and keep things going. You can also check out our merchandise shop, which... This way, you get some stuff right away, we get some stuff right away. We got some really cool stuff going on at the the WD MagicCast merchandise shop. Make sure to check it out. Links are in the show notes and on the website. Remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. Remember, in Japan, broken objects are often repaired with gold. These flaws are seen as a unique piece of the object's history which adds to its beauty. Consider this when you feel broken. It's by Unanimous. Remember, never give up, never give in. Be your own hero. And now I'd like to end this week's show with a quote from Walt Disney himself. Of course, We developed so many talents as we went along that I lay awake at night figuring out how to use them this is how we became so diverse it was a natural branching out Okay, that's Walt Disney thank you again for listening everyone and I'll see you next time